Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Well, we're at that time, sports fans. This is where everything overlaps. The race for the NFL playoffs, Utah football, BYU football, and the Utah Jazz. And we got it all for you now. NFL, quickly. Uh, the Steelers. They got no run game. Roethlisberger had a bad game, but when they know you're going to throw on every down because you got no run game, what do you expect? Buffalo beat Pittsburgh. Kansas City uh, beat Miami, so Kansas City clinches the AFC West, and, and they haven't clinched it yet, but realistically, they're going to be the one seed in the AFC playoffs. That's how that's looking. Um, Taysom Hill, no longer undefeated, suffered his first loss. The Saints fall to 3-1 and one as they get beat by Philadelphia. You know, the Saint defense has given up nine points a game over the last five games. 44 points in five games. And they gave up 17 to Jalen Hurts. The guy's making his first NFL start. His first NFL start, he gives up 17 points. Boom, 17. Second quarter. All the second quarter. And the Eagles win 24-21. Saints lose. And... Uh, but maybe too little too late, because Washington won in San Francisco. they got a four-game win streak now, and 6-7. and seven, Who knows? Maybe the NFC East won't have a team with a losing record winning the division. It's possible. All right, let's get to the college football, what you really care about. Let's start with BYU. They beat San Diego State 28-14, kind of a, a classic San Diego State game. they got a pretty good defense. They don't have much of an offense. And uh, BYU, they had a turnover early and gave the Aztecs a touchdown, but after that they settled down and really controlled the last three quarters of the game. Now we know they're going to go bowling and play Central Florida, UCF in the Boca Raton Bowl a week from tomorrow, so it'll be the 22nd. So they're not going to play next Saturday because uh, you can't play two games that close together. Uh, UCF is 6-3, and three, and they give up 31 points a game, which is ranked 80th, 80th in the country. 80th. So BYU's offense ought to have a good time in Florida, I would think. It'll be warm, and they ought to score a lot of points. All right, uh, when he did the post game, Kalani didn't know that, at least... Publicly, he wasn't revealing that, whatever he knew privately. Uh, here's Kalani Sataki after the game with the media. Happy we got the win. Tough game. Um, freezing cold conditions. Uh, I know that uh, it affected both teams. So, uh, you know, it was tough to deal with. But um, I think both teams were able to uh, fight through it all. But I'm um, just really proud of our boys for getting the win, our seniors, um, our team for protecting Lavelle's house. And um, this this year, you know, and, uh, just thankful to, that uh, we were able to get this win. But I think San Diego State is a great team. They, 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 their defense is a, a very physical and active defense, and they, they they're very uh, high risk, but uh, they're able to, you know, with some of the athleticism that they have on their team, they can disrupt you. And so um, give them a lot of credit for for the game and and being ready to play. And then on offense, I, I was really impressed with what they did up front. I, I thought, um, you know, they got a lot of yards on us. I thought we were uh, able to get, you know, stop some points. And that's when, when it's all said and done, that's the, that's the name of the game. But um, looking at some of the things that we can improve on defensively, we're going to try to get that done offensively and special teams. But for the most part, just glad that we were able to get this win and and a lot of, a lot of energy and, and excitement from our boys. And so um, looking forward to our, our next game and next opportunity. So I'll take any questions you guys have. Thank you. All right, let's take questions from Alex Behar and then Jared Lloyd and Jay Drew. Hi, Coach. Uh, congrats on the win. 
So after that first quarter, you guys were able to shut out uh, San Diego State 21 to nothing. Um, and it looks like in the second half, you guys really were able to either turn them over or kind of just um, force them to punt or get them to turn over on down. So what changed after that first quarter defensively? And, and how, how did you guys kind of keep San Diego State at bay? Well, a lot of the, what happened in the, I mean, in the first quarter was they were able to just break tackles and, and um, you know, create a lot of plays. I, I thought assignment wise, we were in some good spots, but uh, you know, we just had to wrap up and, and, um, and give a lot of, I mean, their backs are hard to handle because they run low to the ground and their old lines big and physical, you know, and, and we knew they were going to hang on to the run game and try to limit our offense from getting on the field. But um, they were able to do that in the first part. Um, you know, I, I thought we gave up a lot of yards, but uh, I think to give them credit, they 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 uh, converted a lot of the third downs too. When you're looking at some of the third downs that we put them in, I'm looking at the medium and to, to long third downs. They even converted some of those, and so uh, you know we knew that we would have to get them in in uh, behind the chains a little bit early. And um, I think it, just the fact that our guys played more assignment sound football and were tackled better. I mean, it wasn't still wasn't perfect, but I give a lot of credit to San Diego State because. I mean, those guys, are, even the quarterback can run. So um, they're able to break some tackles and, and make some plays. <clears throat> Kalani, you're down seven. They'd had a long drive and looked, you know, like they might go up two scores and Drew Jensen gets that pick. How big of a moment was that for your team? So happy for Drew. <laughs> Kid works hard and he studies and he gets better every day. And, um, you know, we, we – we thought that maybe we should have played him a little bit more last week and, and gave him some opportunities this week, and it showed. And I've and, uh, just been really proud of our, our our whole defense, but linebacking crew has, has worked really well together and and um, just proud of the things that they've done. I mean, uh, he's, he's still young, so there's a lot of football left for him to play, but getting turnovers was going to be key for us here. We thought that if we took care of the football on offense and we were able to disrupt and try to get some – you know, some opportunities, some, uh, for us, it was, it was, you know, stopping them on fourth down and then, uh, and that pick was huge for us. And so, um, you know, I'm just glad our guys were able to pull it out and, and never gave up. I mean, it was, it looked really tough at the beginning, you know, but these guys have shown that they'll keep fighting. And, and, um, a lot of that is because they're assistant coaches and the coordinators and a lot of it's because of leadership that we have on this team. Kalani, at the first of the week, you said you were going to find out what your team was made of after the disappointing loss out in Coastal Carolina. What what are they made of? What did you learn that they're made of? Yeah, these guys are resilient. They're hard workers, and they're going to – I just love the way that they respond to anything that, that has um, any type of adversity. And I'll go all the way to the beginning when we de dealt with um, the pandemic like everyone else has. And so I don't want to – um, like, you know, talk too much about, but, but I was really impressed with the players individually, how hard they worked. And then collectively as a group, as a unit on offense, defense and special teams, and then as a team and, um, just the leadership that we saw from those guys, it's, it's, it was really a great thing for me as a coach to, to see. And so I'm, I'm thankful for that I have these players and I'm thankful that we have a great bunch of leaders and not just the seniors, we have a, a bunch of leaders on our team and, uh, it's not even the leadership committee. We have so many guys that, that could that could qualify as captains for this team, and 
and uh, hopefully we can keep that rolling. And I, I really believe that the under, underclassmen will, will be ready to roll too. I, I see them getting older and maturing with the experience that they had this year and, and looking forward to you know, our next opportunity. We'll see when we play again. Hopefully we can you know, keep playing football. Why wasn't Tyler Algier out there tonight? Tyler's not hurt. He just wasn't able to play in this game. All right, let's take a question from Mitch Harper, Sean Walker, and Hunter Miller. Kalani, what will be the uh, the legacy of the senior class? Because this is a group that you know was pretty much there every step of the way during your tenure as head coach. What's going to be their lasting legacy on the program? Well, I mean, I think you you see some of the things that they were be able, be able to overcome, and then. Um, you know, I, I think the legacy is going to be, I think they're going to be so, such great contributors in the community and they're going to do great things. Um, some of them with football and others um, around it and others in, in, in their professions. But I think the, the lasting impression that they leave on this program is the stuff that they've already done, whether it's their experience, their, their example or um, the, the little things. That, I mean, you have to understand the mentoring that happens on this team. It's just a, uh, it's a true brotherhood for these guys. And, and I know a lot of teams have that too, but uh, I, I can honestly say that the, the culture that we have here is built on love. And I, I see it every day when I see our players mentoring each other and, and teaching and learning from each other. So it's, 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 it's an awesome thing to see and glad that we got our 10th win tonight. Do you expect this to be the last regular season game for you guys? I don't know. I mean, I, I was talking to some of the players and I think it all depends on what happens with the bowl game. If the bowl game's uh, kind of in a distant, then we would love to play next week. <laughs> but saying that for a while now, we, we love playing football and, and um, you know, hopefully we can, we'll see how it works, but I'm not Tom Homo. And I know he's, he knows what we want. We want to play football and depending on when the bowl game is or, or who we face in the bowl game, uh, if there's time in between, we would love to fit a game there. Kalani, you mentioned that slow start and just how how your guys were able to overcome a lot of things from what San Diego State was doing in that first quarter and whatnot. Um, Isaac Rex had a little bit of a slow start, but rebounded really, really nicely. Just what has he meant for this team, and what does it mean for him to be able to 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 kind of have that that moment in the first quarter and then rebound the way that he did to to be one of those leaders as a freshman. I, just, I, I love that our, our team didn't give up on him and we don't give up on our guys, you know, and, and when he came off uh, on the sideline after the fumble, you know, we the, the team had his back. And so um, we're always going to have each other's back. The players will, and the coaches will and have a lot of confidence in him. I mean, Zach kept targeting him and throwing the ball to him. So, uh, you know, mistakes don't define us. We How we respond to him is the, is the key. And uh, you saw him make some beautiful plays and some great blocks. So, and that's that. I think you can kind of go down the line with all our players out there that that make mistakes. Some some mistakes are way more visible than others, but uh, I think the key is for us to keep believing in them and show them the faith that we that these guys can should be able to give and give the opportunity to respond from any mistakes that happen in the game. Coach, I want to piggyback off that Isaac Rex talk a little bit. He joined some pretty exclusive company tonight. He's the first BYU tight end to have 10 or more receiving touchdowns in a single season since Johnny Harleen in 2006. Back in August when you first started the season, did you foresee Isaac having this kind of impact and this role in your offense? And what's led him to have such great success here in 2020? 
Well, his dad's an All-American, so I think the g genetic pool is really good for him, you know, and then we'll be excited when we get his brother Preston here off his mission playing for us. But I think the key is the, the guy loves playing football. And um, I, it wasn't really this year. It was the end of last year. If you remember, he, he played in those four games as a red shirt, and we knew we had something really, really special with him. So I think uh, looking at, at – at, the, the tight end group and the receiving group, I, I feel really good with the future there and the fact that he's so young and makes a lot of plays and big target. There's still a lot of room for improvement for those guys, but um, yeah, just just impressed with, with uh, the talent on this team and the way they keep developing. All right, let's take one last question from Matt Biamonte. Coach, uh, Jake Oldroyd hit another uh, 50 plus yard field goal what's it like to have a kicker like him who can score from such long range that's huge i mean he's uh he's a, he's a big time weapon for us and and the footing wasn't the best you know to kick field goals but um i, I love the way he's been kicking all year long and then kicking field goals and and uh kickoffs and things like that he's he's been he's been money for us so uh i think a lot of that has to be said about the the, the snappers and and, and the uh, the holders you know i know rico's done a great job holding for him and and you're looking at Riggs and 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 hogan snapping the ball done a great job setting him up so and the protection so i, I think jake He's got, he, I mean, you remember when he was a freshman, he kicked game-winning field goal in his first game. So uh, the guy has ice in his veins, and then let's keep, let's keep the, the run rolling. I, I would like, to, I, I've said it before, I would like to him for him to kick more PATs and field goals, though. All right, there's BYU head coach Kalani Sataki. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the youth's head coach, Kyle Whittingham, coming up. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280, The Zone. We just heard from Kalani Sataki after BYU won Saturday night. The Utes won Saturday morning. And early Saturday afternoon, they win at Colorado, spot them a 21-10 lead, and then score and win uh, going away, 38-21, just scoring one touchdown after another. Uh, and now we know, although Kyle did not know when he did the postgame you're about to hear, now we know they're going to play Washington State next Saturday morning, and they're 10.5-point favorites. That would be three straight wins here for the Utes coming up. Washington State's defense has major issues. Major issues. So, but first, let's let Kyle tell you about the win over Colorado. Here's Kyle Whittingham. Proud of this team. They they hung in there and and uh, fought their way out of a, a tough spot. They went into halftime down uh, fourteen ten, and uh, promptly gave up a touchdown right out of the gate in the, in the second half. No way to start the second half, or certainly not the ideal way. But uh, they uh, they never flinched. Hung in there. Offense got clicking, and. Uh, Scored, uh, what, 28 points in the second half. Jake Bentley got hot in that second half. I think he was 10 of 19 in the first half and then 10 of 12 or 13 in the second half. So so he really picked up his play. Uh, a lot of plays being made out there by a lot of people. Britt Covey had some key catches, keeps some drives alive. Ty Jordan, another big rushing day. Uh, defense played solid throughout. They only gave up uh, 14 points. We had the one issue on the punt uh, return, which uh, can't happen. we got to get that corrected. Our uh, field goal kicker was outstanding, another three-for-three three, uh, outing. 
made all those PATs. But the, the most important thing is this team just hung in there, never flinched, and just just kept fighting and found a way to win. And that's a good win on the road against a top 25 team. So that's I'm proud of these guys. First question will come from Steve Bartle with the Ute Zone, followed by Trevor Allen with KSL Sports. Hey, Coach, just, you know, wanted to ask you, how how impressed were you with Jake Bentley's performance today, particularly the contrast in, you know, his showing in the first half compared to how he played in the second half? Well, very impressed and proud of him. And, and uh, Andy had a pretty stern talk with him at halftime and, and uh, you know, let him know that, that he needed to, uh, you know, play with more confidence and, and – uh, just be better overall, and Jake responded. And that was uh, great to see. Jake's a competitor. He's a tough kid, and uh, he's a veteran. You know, he's been there. He's, he's started you know, close to, what, 40 games uh, in the Power Five, at the Power 5 level. So he's no, he's no stranger to, uh, to situations, and, and uh, it was great to see him respond. Next up will be Trevor Allen, followed by Josh Newman of the Salt Lake Tribune. Kyle, what was some of the things you guys changed up on on defense in that second half? I know you guys gave up, uh, you know, that that one big play coming out of the, out of the half, but it seemed like you guys really, you know, hunkered down and and was really physical on defense in that second half. Yeah, we were. We were really physical throughout versus the run, and that was going to be, in our estimation, one of the keys, if not the key, to the game was our rush defense against their rush offense. They they had the back that was leading the conference, came off of just coming off a three hundred yard plus outing last week. And uh, we knew that if they got their usual yards on the ground, that didn't bode well for us. So the run defense is where it started. And then uh, we did a little mixing up in the second half, more single high stuff instead of the split safety looks that we had more of in the first half. And, and it was more effective for us. A little more man coverage in the second half as well. And those, those corners, uh, we're, we're trying to bring them along slowly. We don't want to too high of a dose of man coverage. Typically, we're a 80% man team, but that has not been the case this year because we've got a bring those guys along and, and uh, allow them to gain confidence. So uh, Coach Scali and the defense staff did a phenomenal job of putting them in situations to succeed, and they responded. We gave away defensively three takeaways, and that was huge. We were plus two in the turnover margin, which which uh, we don't lose many games when we're plus two in the turnover margin. Next question will come from Josh Newman, followed by Pat Graham with the AP. Kyle, congrats on the win. Um, late in the first half, Colorado fumbles. You guys recover it. You turn that into points. Did it feel like the tone of the game may have flipped in that moment, you know, with that turnover going into the locker room? Certainly, there's good momentum going in at halftime, and that was the exact situation that we had the week before, but uh, we didn't get down. You know, the Kevin did a great job of getting what he can get and then getting down so we get the timeout called and get the kick away. Whereas the last week, and uh, we got to do a better job as coaches. And apparently, we did last week because we got it, we got it emphasized and got it, uh, got it executed today. And that did give us momentum. Now it took the wind out of our sails a little bit when they responded with that. Uh, I think they were at the forty-yard line after the opening kickoff for the second half, and then one play later uh, in the end zone. And so that was uh, <laughs> that was a little bit of a wake-up call. But but uh, like I said, our guys uh, just hung in there and, and continued to fight. And that's what, uh, you know, that's what you want to see in the team. It's fight. You want to see guys that, that uh, you know, can handle adversity. You got to handle adversity. You got to handle success. You know, it's all the same thing. You got to keep playing at a high level and, and not, uh, not let things, uh, you know, get uh, snowballed on you. And just a quick follow-up. Through four games, has your defense maybe um, performed better than what you had anticipated during camp? 
I would say yes. I think I was asked that same question last week, and the answer is the same this week, and it's yes. Uh, we're, I think we're second in the league in total defense. And if you had told me that uh, we're going to replace nine starters and be playing with four, five, six freshmen at times and be second in the league after, uh, you know, after three or four games, and I'd say that's a pretty good job. And uh, those young guys are responding, and, and we're excited about their future. I can tell you that. They've got a, a big upside uh, looking ahead. Next up is Pat Graham, followed by the final two questions from Chris Kamrani and Patrick Kinahan. Sorry about that. Uh, congratulations, first of all. I guess uh, for people who don't see your team all the time, your defense shining like that, you're penalty-free, you, you grind that one out on the ground. Is that just kind of a Utah blueprint? Would you like to see that every time? Well, I'd love to see it every time. Absolutely. We can, we can do that every week, and, and uh, that, that's awesome. It's not going to happen every week, but that's, that's our MO is play good and great defense, and, and uh, we did just that today. And, and uh, you know, we got It all starts with defending the run, and if you can defend the run and turn the team one-dimensional, then you've got a, you've got a big advantage. And so just proud of the way the guys uh, executed the plan. And uh, typically we're a little better on special teams, though we weren't as, as good on special teams today as we need to be. Next question will come from Chris Kamrani. Kyle, that's four turnovers created or involved with with Nephi Sewell in four games. Uh, what is it specifically about his skill set that allows him to be so successful in what you guys do defensively? Well, first of all, he's got really good speed and quickness for a linebacker. He was a safety uh, before he got to us and, and actually played safety for part of last year before we made the move full-time to linebacker. And that that's defensive back quickness and change of direction and, and uh, burst is really uh, a huge asset to him as a linebacker. And he did a great job in the offseason putting on 15 pounds. He was about – 210 last year, and we said, hey, you know, you're, gonna, you're home as a linebacker, and he promptly put on 15 pounds. He's 225 pounds, about six feet tall, and, uh, you know, a little undersized for, for a backer, but but just quick, tough, instinctive, and he has a nose for the ball and uh, runs in the family, I guess. You know, he's, he's one of uh, a bunch of really good football players from that family. And just as a quick follow-up, Britt and Jake said that the alarm, fire alarm went off at 6.30 a.m. in the hotel. And, and Jake made a joke that maybe it was one of the strength coaches getting everybody up at the same time. Can you can confirm it? Can you confirm that? I can confirm it. I, I told Jeff Rudy, our operations guy, I want some juice in this wake-up stuff. And we put the juice in, and we had that in the whole hotel rocket at 6.30. Now, fortunately, that was the time we were scheduled to get up. So it would have been uh, a little more irritating if it would have been, you know, 3.30 or 4.30 in the morning. But uh, we got a full sleep, and, and uh, that definitely got everyone's attention. Next question will come from Patrick Kenhan with the final question coming from Josh Furlong. I think Jordan Kyle had about 30 yards at halftime and obviously the big second half. Did you just think it was a matter of time for him to come through there? That we just started blocking better in the second half. You know, we challenged the offensive line a little bit at halftime because we weren't getting much movement in the first half and the pass protection was, was a little rough and they responded. We did a great job in the second half, got some movement. Uh, tight ends were involved in that as well. Tight ends did a nice job blocking downfield that you know those long runs that you spring typically you've got a key block by a wide receiver at that third level that uh, enables it to to go the distance and so concerted effort by everybody but a great individual job by Ty. All right final question will come from Josh Furlong. Well, normally the fourth game is the the conference opener you guys get to work things out in those three non-conference games 
Britton Covey said that the players are kind of a little burned out nationally, right? Like everybody's just tired of everything and, and this has been a tough season. What, how, do you, how do you take stock into this game and, and where do you see kind of your team knowing that the season's essentially close to being over? Well, I take a lot of stock in this game today. Is that what you ask? What stock we take in the game? Yeah, that and, and kind of a season look as well, knowing it's close. It has been rough. It's, it's been different. It's been challenging. Uh, but our guys have responded as well as they possibly could have. Uh, it was tough getting the rug pulled out from under them, you know, the, at the 11th hour in those first two ball games. That was a little bit disheartening, but it was the right decision to make. And uh, they've responded and, and uh, played their hearts out, uh, you know, the last four games, even though we didn't win the first two. But uh, our guys, it's a season that it's been a four game season that seems like a, a 14 game season. It's, it's, uh, it's been a, a journey, but uh, you got to be resilient. You got to be tough. You got to keep fighting. And that's what they've been doing. All right, there's Kyle Whittingham and the Utah's Washington State next week. They are one and two. They beat Oregon State in the first game. Common opponent there. Both teams beat Oregon State. And then they lost to Oregon and they lost to Washington. And defensively, they haven't had a good game yet. They played three games and every game's been bad. Even when they won 38-28, giving up 300 yards passing, 100 yards rushing, that's not a good day. You you just can't do that. (laughs) That's not a good day at the office. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the Utah Jazz. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Utah Jazz won their preseason opener. They beat the Suns. They'll play the Suns again tonight. Here's the best of the postgame show. It's your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. The Jazz 1-0 in the preseason thanks to Saturday night's victory over the Phoenix Suns, 119-105. Jazz played their rotational players for the first half and then brought in, uh, of course, the second unit. Guys trying to make the team in the second half but came away with a win, 119-105. 105. The Jazz actually took 31 three-point shots in the first half. Just a blistering pace. Let's take you through the post-game sound. Let's start with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Hi, coach. How are you? Good, Good. Good to see you. All right. Uh, we will go ahead and get started here. Um, our first question will come from KSL Ryan Miller. Hey, Coach. Um, you guys shot 31 three-pointers in the first half. I'm just curious if that was kind of the game plan, and is that the amount you are looking for going into the season? You know, I, I think I mentioned it before the game. Uh, it's something, you know, they're they're not always going to be there, but we got to do our best to to try to create them. And when we're open, uh, especially on the catch-and-shoot threes, you know, that's something that we're confident in our guys doing. And, um, you know, they've embraced that, and we need to keep doing it. Okay. Next question, Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Coach, given the short period of time and short training camp, uh, are you impressed by the young guys, in particular Azabuki, and what you saw tonight from them? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot – that's been thrown at um, those guys, though, particularly and, and Elijah and Trent as well. Um, you know, our rookies, I, I thought 
you know, Trent played with a lot of poise. You know, I thought Elijah made some, um, you know, some excellent, excellent plays offensively. You know, they're going to keep figuring it out. And uh, obviously, Doak as well, you know, protecting the rim. Um, I thought we got the same thing from, you know, our second-year guys. You know, Mie coming out of the gate defensively and Juwan uh, in particular being ready to shoot and, you know, taking his shot confidently. Um, so we, we've got some guys that they're young and they're working and, you know, you're never going to – you always have a ways to go when you're a rookie and even our second-year players that really this is their first time, you know, playing significant minutes with the other with the other guys on our team. So not the first time, but, but early in their careers. So um, if they can continue to improve and really we need them to play the right way, all those guys, that's how they can help us is if they play the right way. And, you know, hopefully they all know what that means to them individually. Next up, Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Hey, Quinn. Obviously, Boyan hasn't played, um, you know, live game since March. And so I'm just wondering what your impression tonight was of him and maybe how long it would take to really get his legs underneath him again. Well, I thought he did a good job. You know, I, I think, you know, he, we want him to, to, to be who he is. You know, he's... Um, he can score the ball a variety of ways. You know, I thought he, he looked for his three in transition, off penetration. We posted him a little bit, took the ball to the rim. And I'm not concerned with Boyan whether the ball goes in the basket. I just want him to take um, the right shots. And for him, almost every shot is the right shot um, when he's being aggressive. So um, it's good to have him back and playing. And uh, obviously, as you said, being out for, for a while, um, you know, he needs to be patient with himself as far as, you know, just, you know, evaluating his play because I, I think he did an excellent job. Uh, ben Anderson, KSL Sports. Quinn, Joe finished with seven assists in just 14 minutes. Well, what's, what do you get out of him when he has a big guy who can roll and play with him and like Derek Favors? Yeah, well, I would throw Rudy Gobert in there too. I don't know what that. That's the nice thing for Joe is, um, you know, everybody talked about Joe and Faves pick and roll two years ago, and it turns out um, Joe and Rudy were pretty good in pick and roll, and now Joe's got Rudy and Faves, so um, they're fighting over him a little bit because he's so good at making plays for him. Um, you know, one of the things that Joe's been really focused on, in addition to the playmaking, has been you know his defense. And uh, you know, he fouled Booker out of the gate early. He knew it. Um, but that's an area, um, not that I don't appreciate what he does offensively. Um, there's no way you take that for granted when a guy has seven assists in 14 minutes, like you said, Ben. I mean, that's that's hard to do, and it says a lot about him. Um, but I've really been um, pleased with the way he's embraced the defensive end um, these last couple weeks where we fight as well. Okay, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hugh, this is uh, less about the X's and O's of the game than about the weirdness of the situation. Just first game back at Vivian Arena since March 9th against the Raptors last season. No fans in the building. Can you just kind of take us through what it was like being down there in, in kind of unique circumstances? Well, you know, I, I think everybody's going through it. Um, as you, you, you probably said it as well. 
um, as I can, but I'll be repeating a little bit of it. It, it. The circumstances are unique. There's a lot of people that have done a lot of work um, to allow us this opportunity. And, you know, I, I think our guys are aware of that. You know, the, the, the players themselves, you know, the testing and a lot of the things that they're doing from a habit standpoint personally um, are things that they need to do and, and we all need to do and we will continue to do. But when you get on the floor, it's worth it. Um, even, you know, even the, 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 the small number of fans, relatively speaking, that are in the building, um, it's great for for jazz fans to have a chance to, to watch basketball here in Vivint and, uh, and certainly people to get to tune in um, on the television. So I, I think everybody's excited about the opportunity to play and appreciative, you know, that we get to do this when there's still, you know, there's a lot of people hurting in our country right now. Um, so if there's something we can do to, to lift the spirit here and there, we want to do it. All right. And last question will come from Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. When you gave Mieoni a chance to defend Devin Booker there in the first half, how did you feel he did in, in the, the difficult matchup? Yeah, I thought he did a really good job. You know, Andy, he, he uh, sometimes when you're when you're aggressive and you're athletic as Mie is, um, you know, you can be too aggressive. And Booker's someone that's really hard to guard against because. You know, he's so good at drawing fouls. You know, I thought Mie was disciplined in how he guarded him. And, uh, you know, that's something that we've been asking of him and, and he's been trying to do. So there's games like this where, you know, he has that opportunity and um, he took advantage of it. And we want him to keep doing it. Okay, that's it. Thanks, Coach. All right, thanks. There's Quinn Snyder after his team beat the Phoenix Suns 119-105. Let's hear from some of the players. Let's start off with Rudy Gobert. We'll go ahead and jump in. Uh, our first question will come from Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Rudy, I know that it was just the first preseason game, but how nice was it to have Bojan back on the court? It was great. You know, it was great to obviously have Bojan back. You know, he's, he's pacing the way he shoots the ball and – you know, what it brings us uh, offensively is something that, you know, is, uh, is key to our success uh, as a team. And uh, just being back out there was, uh, you know, was great. Okay, next up, Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Rudy, I want to talk a little bit about Hazabuki because he's a guy that's looked up to you in his first NBA game, first NBA dunk. Uh, what are your impressions of this young guy? I love his energy. You know, I think, uh, you know, he, I think he loves to play uh, and he wants to do well. And, uh, you know, just seeing the way that he's, you know, he came up first, first defensive session, got a block, uh, you know, and uh, it's exciting. It's exciting to see. And uh, I think it's going to get a lot better. All right. Next question, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Rudy. So Quinn told us before the game that there were a few new wrinkles he wanted to kind of throw in defensively just in terms of guys being a little more aggressive out on the perimeter. How do you think those things went overall? What did you see that you liked? What needs a little more work? I think overall we did a, we did a good job. Uh, we gave up a few offensive rebounds in the first, uh, I think in the first quarter, and uh, we cleaned that up pretty well in the second quarter. Um, you know, I think uh, the main thing for us is to keep communicating and uh, make sure that we 
we were able to put some pressure on the ball and uh, and then it, it makes it easier for me back there to you know do what I do and uh, and, and talk to my teammates and you know I, I like what we've been doing in practice uh, and I think we we know we, we 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 haven't reached the level that we can reach but we will uh, if we keep the right mindset and uh, keep getting better and better. Uh, ben Anderson, KSL Sports. Rudy, from a mental health standpoint, what's it like to be able to go home to your own bed now after a game, which obviously in the bubble you would just go back to a hotel room? How, how is that different? Uh, I mean, it's very important, you know, be able to just be able to, you know, go home uh, for guys that have family, for guys that have kids, you know, and, uh, and obviously uh, being able to be in your own house and not in the hotel room. Uh, I think for us and the job that we do, it's pretty important. And obviously, we still want to, you know, be aware of, you know, of the of the virus and all the all the things that we have to do to reduce the risk. But you know, I think it's important to to be good in your mind and and feel good. Okay, and our last question will come from Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Rudy, uh, you have a lot of guys that you can play pick and roll with on this team and outside of the usual suspects like Joe or Donovan, it seems like you have good chemistry in that action with Boyan as well. So, I, I mean, is that something that you've been working on a little bit more during training camp? Definitely. It's something we, we've talked about and it's something we want to do more, especially the get action. Uh, for Boyan to be able to, you know, the threat that he is on the three-point line and uh, the size that he has, uh, you know, he's just so hard to guard. And whenever he, he hits me and uh, and we play the handoff or we get the little over-the-top pass like we had tonight, I think it's an action that uh, we're going to do more and more and it's something that, you know, we're going to be very successful at doing. Rudy Gobert in 17 minutes play had six points on one of two shooting four or six from the line. Had eight boards, though. Two assists, a steal, and a block shot in the first preseason game. Let's hear some uh, from some other players. Let's hear from Boyan Bogdanovich. All right. We'll go ahead and get started. Uh, first question will come from Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Boyan. Good to see you. Uh, just wondering, after all these months of uh, not being able to play against competition, what it felt like getting out there tonight and playing someone other than your own teammates. Um, how did you feel in general? I mean, I felt I felt good, even if it's kind of kind of strange. This is my first time in my life that I didn't play for this long, or even just like pickups game or, 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 or preseason games, whatever. So it's, it was kind of, kind of strange for me, but I really wanted to play to get, to get that good feeling, good feeling back. So I'm happy that I'm, that I'm back basically. All right. Next question. Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Bogey, welcome back. And also it looked tonight that you had more looks in the paint how much is that an emphasis this year for you? I mean, talking to Queen and, and the coaching stuff, I think that I will try to, or they will try to, to post me a little bit, a little bit more because we had a success last last season. So the first play of the game was was kind of for me to to try to post up and get in a game and uh, on the right way, especially because I didn't play for a long time. So, like I said, I will. We'll try to post more and then 
I think that we did a great job overall shooting shooting trees that that's what I what I want from us and we had like I think 30 trees in the first half so overall great game for from from our part all right Sarah Todd Deseret News Kind of along those lines, Boyan, um, when talking to Rudy, we he had said that sort of that give-and-go action with him is something that you guys are want to try to do more of and that little over-the-top pass that you had with him tonight. How nice it is, is it to have someone like that with Rudy that can make it easy for you to score in different ways? I think that that's that's the also that's the also part of the game that we can that we can improve both of us. I think that I'm I can do more damage on a get action and, and passing game and handoffs with him instead of instead of playing pick and roll. So that was also the the stuff that we were doing on a on on a preseason and and we will keep keep working on that so we can execute during the during the season. So he's he's tall, he's great, he's good passer from the from the high post and then mostly of the players is gonna is gonna chase me of the of the pin downs and all all, all screening actions. So it's it's great opportunity for for us to connect, like I said, during the preseason so we can execute uh, when we start to play for real. Uh, next up, Ben Anderson, KSL Sports. Bogey, you got to play with Juwan Morgan a little bit tonight, and he brings a big defender. Do you like going against a smaller guy, or how does that change what you're able to do or what's asked of you? You mean when, when a smaller guy is guarding me? or with a, Yeah, when, when, he, when a smaller guy is guarding you because the bigger player is on Juwan. But actually, actually depends. Sometimes I, I prefer to have someone with my size to guard me, so I know that uh, that help is not coming. I can work work one on one instead of playing against against smaller guy, and then they're trying to doubling or coming for the from weak side to help. So depend of the against who we play against, which defender I'm I'm, I'm posting. So, but. Uh, like I said, we had a, we had to settle last season. Even we were not doing that uh, often, so it's that Queen is kind of trying to to depose me more, even on the practices and now this first game. Okay, we have one last question from Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Talking to Quinn, he's been pretty clear about how kind of he feels that any shot that you have a reasonable shot at is a good shot for your team. How tough is it to kind of change what your perception is of like a good shot versus an average shot and, and kind of taking some of those average shots? I mean, we had like a couple, couple players that finished with a 40% last season catch and shooting and then transition three I think that Joe was was leading the league in a, in the first five seconds in the offense so so I think that that's that's kind of that's kind of good for our team we are shooting we are shooting good and then we have to we have to trust trust ourselves and, 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 and take those those early shots even sometimes it's not gonna be it's not gonna be a good shot but I think that's that that's the the big big part of what we were trying to do this season. Take more right. dreams, basically. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Thank you. That's all we've got for you tonight, Boyan. So uh, yeah. we'll next time, have a good one. Okay. That was Boyan Bogdanovich, 11 points in 17 minutes, 4 of 10 shooting, 2 of 6 from 3, 4 rebounds, of course. Bogdanovich coming back from that offseason uh, wrist surgery. Let's now let's hear from Mie Oni. Um, we will have our first question from Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. 
Hey, Mia, good to see you back on the court, man. Uh, I just want to know from your perspective, in, in what ways has your defense improved this season? Uh, I just worked a lot on my body, get stronger, quicker, move my hips better, just react better, and just knowing knowing personnel more, not biting on fakes, things like that. So just another year of playing and watching great defenders on our team and try to just resemble what they do and help our team out anyway. So I've just been focusing on that, staying solid on defense, and I know I can help the team that way. Right. Next up will be Tony Jones, The Athletic. Uh, Mia, you were matched up with uh, Devin Booker for a significant amount of time that you were on the floor. What did you try to get accomplished uh, in that matchup? And, and what were you seeing, you know, both as, as in real time and then, you know, just kind of after the game? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to – came in thinking I knew I was going to guard him. I, I came in just thinking I didn't want to get him to the line. I didn't want him to get a rhythm that way. He kind of had a rhythm early, so I was like, I wanted to take him out of that. Force him in a tough contested mid-range. Don't let him get any walk-up threes. Don't let him get his crossover. Don't let him draw fouls like that. So I was really locked in on focusing on taking that away. Make him snake the pick and roll into a uh, tough contested jump shot because I know the big's going to help out on the pick and roll. So, yeah, that was that was my mindset going into it. Okay, next, Eric Weldon, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Mia, on the other end of the court, we saw you handling the ball a few times. We saw you kind of in pick-and-roll situations. Can you talk about your comfort level on the offensive side tonight and, and the things that you were asked to do? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely comfortable in those situations. I know that's not asked of me as much, so if I have to if I have to do it, the coach is comfortable with me being there and doing those things, but I know mainly with the, with the main rotation guys, I'm going to be spacing the floor, be ready to knock down those shots and doesn't play off them. So, but yeah, I'm, I can step up and do those things when asked for. Ryan Miller, KSL. Hey, Mia, I'm just curious. How could you take us through what it was like to play here without any fans and, and just kind of the strangeness of the whole thing? I mean, sure. It seemed like there were fans there. It was loud. You could see a couple of people, but yeah, it's a little different for sure. But we just we just had each other's backs and we just stayed comfortable. So it's weird getting used to, especially when some arenas are going to have no fans. But we just gotta just focus on ourselves and focus what's going on on the court. Okay, that's it for tonight. Thanks, Mia. Thank you. Have a good one. Mie Oni in 25 minutes play at three points, one of six shooting, one of five from three. He had three rebounds and assists and a steal, but had some really nice defensive possessions in the first half going up against Devin Booker. Uh, they've got a few candidates. Uh, Juwan Morgan, uh, Mie Oni, of course, Jarrell Brantley uh, vying for some minutes to come in and be those uh, backup wing players that can be uh, play some defense and, uh, and be athletic. But overall, uh, all good for the Utah Jazz. Uh, very positive storylines across across uh, all fronts as they come away with the win over the Suns, 119 to 105. Preseason game number two coming up tonight. It will tip off at 7 o'clock. It'll be these very two uh, same teams, the Jazz and the Suns. Pre-game will begin at 6 o'clock. There's the best of the post-game show. We do it after every Jazz game. We're going to take a break right now, come back with What is Trending next. Stay with us.